Hi everyone, welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. After 37 years, arts and entertainment columnist Carla Peterson is retiring from the Union Tribune. In her time here, she's covered movies and television, celebrities, Comic-Con, the community, and more. This week is Carla's last week with the newspaper, and she joined me today to reflect on all she's done. Here's our conversation. So, hi, Carla. Thank you for hi. joining me today. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you feeling? It's Wednesday before your last Friday at work ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I feel uh, weird. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to contemplate a different life from the life that you've been leading for, you know, over half your life. Uh well, no, not over half my life. I'm not 70 something. Anyway, long time. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a journalist. I can't really do my math. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been at the Union Tribune for, you know, 37 years. And it's weird to be contemplating a life outside of it. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, but it really kind of started getting to me yesterday when I was I'm cleaning out my desk. I'm in the process of cleaning out my workspace and just running across weird old stuff like a Rolodex um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and just kind of reminding myself how much history there is here. So I'm very excited, um, but I it is a I it's a weird feeling. Yeah. I mean, it's so momentous. Well, tell me, that's really interesting. Tell me about cleaning out your desk and some of the the memories that it sparked. Well, we've downsized a lot uh, because first we moved from Mission Valley to here. Um, I'm in the the downtown office building. Um, So I downsized a lot from there. And then once we got here, I've moved floors a couple of times. And the last move was uh, uh, COVID related when we totally downsized the newsroom. So I didn't have nearly as much stuff as I used to have. But the Rolodex was a funny little um, memento. And another funny one, which I'm hoping doesn't require too long of an explanation, but at some point I had written a column about, a goodbye column about the Ken Cinema. And I remembered in the column going to a John Waters film um, in Smell-O-Vision, where you got this scratch and sniff card (laughs) that went with the movie. Um, and so when there was an odorific, you know, thing happening on screen, you would scratch and, and sniff the card. Um, and this was back in the 80s at some point. And when I wrote the column about the Ken Cinema, a reader actually sent me her scratch and sniff card, which she had kept. <laughs> and and she said, I thought you might appreciate this. And so I ran across that. That was in one of my folders. Um, Did it still smell like anything? It didn't, it doesn't smell anymore, unfortunately, (laughs) but, um, but it was, it was kind of emblematic of, of the way people have reached out over the years and sent me stuff and shared memories with me. Um, The other fun things I ran across were two uh, letters from Stan Lee, um, who uh, wrote me back in the day, way back in when I first started writing Public Eye back in the, the, the mid eighties. I wrote a couple short items about Spider-Man and interviewed him. And at the time, 
I wasn't very comic book aware. And so I really had no idea what a giant he was and how important he was, which was probably a good thing that I didn't know because we had some nice chats. And then he sent me two letters over the years on Spider-Man stationery with his, you know, his signature. Um, so I just ran into those, which was very special. And then um, just uh, some old, a file of old clippings um, with me in various frightening hairstyles. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of have to thank our readers for putting up with the hair over the years because I've had some perms. Um, I've had some unfortunate, uh, glass choices of glasses, you know, which were, you know, which made sense at the time, (laughs) so I got the perm and I got the big glasses, uh, and, and people still read me anyway, which was flattering. Um, so just, uh, just kind of the Spider-Man, the smelly, the smell-o-vision card, um, some old clips, um, and just a lot of, just a lot of memories that even though I don't have the stuff anymore, I still do have the memories. So I am doing a lot of, a lot of nostalgia and getting a little teary. I got a little teary yesterday. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, I would love to see those photographs. I'm sure that you look amazing. <laughs> I don't. Um, maybe we, we can post them in, in the web story for this interview. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned all those memories, and I think that's definitely my favorite thing about journalism. You know, we're not necessarily paid well, but we get to have these really incredible experiences. You know, I say this to my friends all the time, we're paid in experiences. What are some of the most um, memorable stories uh, that you you covered over the years? Oh, my gosh. Oh, well... Back in the back in the the olden times, um, uh, when budgets were bigger, um, they sent us to a lot of movie junkets. So I got to interview a lot of famous people, um, which was always just totally nerve wracking at the time. But they always made good stories later. Uh, so I had I sat on a bed in the Four Seasons Hotel interviewing Angelina Jolie. Um, when she was in girl interrupted and she was not at all comfortable with, uh, being a star yet. And so we were just sitting on the bed and she's eating cookies and I'm asking her questions. And at some point she went off on a tangent and I'm sitting there thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) and sort of nodded politely and just waited for her to kind of come back. Um, I got to interview Nora Ephron. Um, which was fantastic. Um, Oprah, who was scary. I mean, she was very nice. Wow. But when you're kind of in the presence of Oprah, it's a little terrifying. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. pretty early on. Um, uh, Paul Westerberg from The Replacements a bunch of times, uh, who I loved. And so that was exciting. And And probably like the big the biggest crush worthy thing I ever did is I got to interview Colin Firth in person. Mm. Um, and I loved him. (laughs) So so just to be able to sit in the lobby of the hotel on a couch next to Colin Firth and try to pretend that everything's normal, um, (laughs) was, was challenging, but he was, he was very nice. Uh, so all of those celebrity things were fun. Um, and then I just, as you said, I got to do a lot of experiences. I did 
for a long time a column called Test Driving San Diego, where I went out and did stuff. So I did uh, the flight line, you know, zip line at the safari park. Uh, I took a sausage making class. I took a circus <laughs> class. I did the uh, the thriller dance class where you learn the thriller dance. And then did we did a big performance in, um, I think, at the Spreckles uh Spreckled Pavilion in Balboa Park. Um, kitten kindergarten I went to. I didn't take a cat, but I went. Um, uh, what else? So many, so many. And some of them were, uh, one one time I test drove San Diego's most dangerous intersections as, uh, as, as determined by one of the walkability groups. And that was a little, that was actually a little scary. I did some cross some streets that I would never cross again. Uh, but it was mm. in the name of journalism, so that was important. Uh, so those were great. Um, going on, spending a couple days in the Midwest with Blink-182, wow. uh, photographer Eduardo Contreras and I uh, met them in Kansas City. And they were on their new, their big album, Enema of the State, had just come out. And they were touring, they were doing this weird off the radar promotional tour that had something to do with with uh, Pepsi, um, and so the shows were deliberately not advertised, and so some of the crowds were big, some of them weren't, um, and what some of the clubs were kind of grungy. And uh, just in the middle of it, uh, Mark Hoppus's vocal cords kind of gave out, so everybody was standing in this weedy parking lot in St. Louis, I think. And just trying to figure out, okay, we got to cancel this tour. And they were too busy trying to figure out what to do to pay attention to us. So we were just standing there kind of watching their tour fall apart. Mm. Um, but that was very interesting. We were on the bus when the groupies came in and were telling the guys in the band all kinds of personal stuff. And not they weren't really caring that we were there taking notes. So that was super interesting. Uh, I got to go to Minneapolis and uh, hang out at Paisley Park at Prince's Recording Studio, where they were uh, making the the um, Graffiti Bridge movie. Uh, so they were not making prints available to me, but I just sat there in the lobby and they just kept bringing out people who were in the movie. So mm. I got to interview Mavis Staples and George Clinton and a couple other folks who I can't remember now. And uh, that was amazing. So as you said, you know, experiences. And I've been very, very lucky that I got to take advantage of all the travel that we were able to do back in the day. And then when travel wasn't uh, as possible as it used to be, I got to focus on San Diego, which was also very lucky. So I've met some fantastic people and I've done some really fun things. And I do feel incredibly fortunate to have had such a good run. Yeah, those are incredible stories. Do you feel like you um, accomplished your your bucket list? Did you do everything you set out to do, or, or are there things that you know you, you'd still like to experience? Uh, journalism wise, I feel like I've uh, filled a couple bucket lists because <laughs> I've done so many things that I never would have imagined doing. Um, I don't think I had um, kind of the nerve to have even dreamt any of this stuff up. Uh, I didn't, 
major in journalism in college. I majored in English. And so I sort of fell into journalism accidentally. And I used to see the journalism majors running around campus with their notepads and thinking I could never, ever do that. Um, I was very fixated on city council meetings for some reason. <laughs> I thought I could never cover a city council <laughs> meeting. They're going to want me to do city council meetings. I could never be a journalist. So I really didn't think that this was in the cards for me at all. Um, I loved writing. Uh, I worked for the I worked at the Daily Aztec at San Diego State, which is where I learned journalism um, just by doing it. And uh, I never thought in a million years that I would be doing any of what I ended up doing. I had dreams of being able to write for a living. That's what I really wanted to do. But I I could not have dreamt this up. I don't think I could have uh, thought big enough for, for what I ended up doing. So um, the fact that I got to do pop culture stuff was amazing because I love music. I love television. Uh, then the fact that I also got to write about good people doing good things about the community. I got to write a lot about animals and I'm a big animal lover. So I've been lucky enough to be able to write about the stuff that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you can get any better than that. So uh, bucket list wise, I've got like five overflowing buckets <laughs> at, at, at the bare minimum. Um, so I, I don't feel like there's anything here that I wanted to do that I was not able to do or not given the opportunity to do. It's it's I don't mean to sound Pollyanna, but really, it is kind of astounding to me that any of this happened. It's amazing and that you've carved out this really interesting beat for yourself. Um, I, I do think it's it's really, really lucky, too. Um, OK, I have a lightning round for you. Oh, are you ready? Just um, yes. just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. The first one is what was your what was your first story? My first actual story that I went out and reported was with a, a female member of the Harlem Globetrotters. They were in town and uh they pitched the uh the Lady Globetrotter to me and that was the first time I went out and did an interview for this paper and wrote a story. So that was the first feature story I did. Wow. Okay, what was your funnest story? I know there are a million, just whatever comes to mind. <laughs> uh, there are a million. I think I think one of the one of the most fun was reporting on the hundredth anniversary of the zoo. Uh, mm. John Wilkins and I spent a lot of time there and uh, did everything from going into the prep room where they cut up all the vegetables and uh, you know parcel out all the bugs um, to uh, being with the giraffes, being with the lions. Um, so, I mean, not like in person, but right there. So uh, all of this, all of the zoo and uh, safari park stories I've done have been amazing. But the hundredth anniversary was was very special. John and I spent a lot of time there, and it was for an animal lover like myself, it was just so heavenly. Yeah, that's amazing. What year was that? Oh, when was that? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> say it was it was not that long ago. I mean, it might have been two thousand. 16 okay. or 17, I forget. Okay. What was the weirdest story you've done? One of the weirdest stories I did was with Test Driving San Diego. There was a, a woman, she wasn't based here, but she was a mom and she traveled around the country doing 
uh, germ and dirt type tests on like McDonald's playgrounds, you know, like those little play areas. That <laughs> oh are in. no, um, yeah. I would not want to know the results. Yeah, you, you wouldn't. And, <laughs> and I went, I went with her um, when she was making her rounds in San Diego. And I actually, you know, those slides that they have that are covered, Uh huh. you know, and I actually, <laughs> I actually crawled into one to look um, and it was disgusting. Uh, so that was actually, that was probably one of the weirder stories I did. And then um, I wrote about a, a, a beer event at the Natural History Museum. And one of the things that they let you do, um, actually, it might have been the fleet. It was either the fleet or the Natural History Museum. And one of the, the little snackies there that they had for you to try um, were fried bugs. So I had crickets and something else. Mm. Um, so they were actually pretty tasty. They're very heavily spiced and crunchy. So you couldn't, you didn't really know what you were eating. So yeah, disgusting playground and bugs. <laughs> I and love bugs. it. <laughs> uh, what is the story that gave, you may have already told me this, but what is the story that gave you the best bragging rights? Oh, um, actually, uh, the, the, this one I haven't, I haven't said yet, but I, one of the star interviews I got to do was Michelle Pfeiffer. And um, I never wrote about this part of it in the paper, but it's one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, because in these junkets, you could say, oh, I met Nora Ephron, I met Oprah or whatever, but the, it's very, uh, they're very much on a conveyor belt. And so you don't ever feel like you're connecting with anybody there. You know, you can get great quotes and everything, but you're like the 200th person they've talked to that day. But I had been I was interviewing Michelle Pfeiffer and I'm not quite sure how this came up, but I happened to have mentioned that I was pregnant at the time. You couldn't really tell. And she suddenly her her celebrity mask just dropped and she mm. was so excited for me and she said oh my god you're pregnant let me look at you so she was <laughs> looking at me and she and she touched my stomach and um she was a, a person for for a couple minutes and i love that story because that just doesn't usually happen so uh i don't know if i get bragging rights on that but um it's not necessarily because of that that my daughter's middle name is Michelle, but that's actually one of the reasons. <laughs> I love it. Did, did that make it, did that detail make it into your story? I didn't because mm -hmm. I think when I wrote it, I still wasn't really even um, like publicly pregnant. I told Michelle Pfeiffer, but you know, I didn't tell everybody. <laughs> so uh, no, I didn't make, I didn't put that into the story because it didn't fit, but it's just one of my favorite little, little things to tell. So that's a fun one. I love it. Um, what is, what is the award that you're most proud of? Um, I, I very early on got an award from the, uh, the San Diego arm of GLAAD, um, because I had done a story on the San Diego men's chorus and how they were dealing with, uh, the loss of, uh, of the community during the AIDS epidemic. And at the time, getting putting a story about um, the gay community in the paper was not the given that it is now. And so there was a lot of, there was a fair amount of hand wringing about it. 
and everybody, the powers that be, everybody was very worried, um, even though it was a feature story. But the story itself was very moving to do. And I felt very lucky that I got to talk to the, the men that I talked to. And we did get that in the paper. And I ended up uh, winning an award from the local GLAD organization. So I was always really proud of that because that was pretty early on in the AIDS epidemic. And, uh, you know, we did really good coverage. Cheryl Clark, who isn't here anymore, but she did amazing coverage of the gay community and of, of the AIDS crisis. Uh, and I just did this one shot story, but it, it meant a lot to me because I had lost some friends and uh, it meant a lot to get that award. It was a certificate. It wasn't, uh, you know, like this big trophy or, or anything, but it meant a lot to me to have gotten that. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. Um, what are some other changes, you know, you've seen in, in journalism over the years? You said at the time it, it wasn't all that common to read about topics like that. Um, yeah. What are some of the other things that you've you've witnessed? Well, it's uh, there's a lot more. I mean, there needs to be more diversity even in, in newsrooms, but there's a lot more than there used to be. Um, I think one of the reasons I got hired was that there was a concerted effort at the time to bring more younger women into the newsroom. It was uh, it was very male. Um, one of the first jobs that I did here uh, before I was even hired is I did a, a quick tryout on the features copy editing desk. And uh, there were only with me when I was there just for two weeks, there were just two women. Um, and so the newsroom was a lot more male. So it's gratifying to see a lot more women. Um, it's a lot more diverse than it used to be. So there's there's that, which is great. Um, so those are probably the, the bigger changes, uh, representation and uh, the stories that we're making a point of doing now. I think that we're making a much bigger effort to reach out to communities. I think there's a lot more sensitivity about that. So there's just a lot more awareness of the community, uh, the communities around us and trying to be a lot more inclusive. And I know that, you know, diversity and, and inclusivity sound like buzzwords, but it really is something that's that's happened across the industry. And it's something that's that's been happening here. And I think that that's been a really good thing to see. So, you know, when you talk about journalism, so often we're talking about loss. You know, when I started working here, there were two newspapers and they were both gigantic and the staffs were gigantic and the print runs were gigantic. Uh, so now, you know, there's been a lot of, of shrinking. So to be able to say, well, here's one thing that we're doing that's bigger is a nice thing to be able to say. So that's probably the, besides the shrinking that came across the industry, there is this growth, I think, in vision, which has been very gratifying. And it's nice to have been a little bit of a part of that. Mm, yeah. Um, well, you've just told me about just all of these amazing stories, all these amazing things that you've covered throughout your career. What do you like to do outside of journalism? When Carla <clears throat> Peterson is not doing journalism, what do you like <laughs> to do? Um, I love to read. I'm in a book club. Um, I love to watch television, which is, you know, my husband and I are big, big, big TV watchers, and we're both very critical. 
So we do a lot of uh, a lot of watching and critiquing just in the living room. Um, I love to walk. I'm a big walker. Um, I'm very, very into music. So I love discovering new music. I love making playlists. Um, I spend too much time taking photos of the cat, apparently. Uh, so I'm really into the cat. Um, and uh, what else do I like to do? I love to bake. I'm a big baker. I'm not great necessarily. I'm afraid of pie crust. <laughs> and uh, anything involving a candy thermometer, I'm not going to do, but I love to bake cakes and cookies and brownies and then try to walk it off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love to, I live in the North Park area and I just love to, to uh, tootle around there. Okay. So those are, those are kind of the, those are kind of my hobbies, I think. That's a lot. I have never heard the term candy thermometer until now. You just <laughs> taught me something. So obviously I'm not, I'm not a baker. Um, but I, I, it just dawned on me, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for recommendations. So what are you watching on television these days? What are you reading? What are you listening to music wise? Um, okay. Let's see on television. I'm watching uh, the white Lotus, which I'm embarrassed to say that I gave kind of a mixed review in night and day when it first started. Uh, but it has so picked up steam as it's gone mm -hmm. along. So now um, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I like Reboot on Hulu. Um, it's got um, Paul Reiser, who I always love, and Rachel Bloom, who was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And uh, it's about uh, this group of people who are rebooting um, a fictional sitcom from the 90s. Hmm. And it's very funny. Uh, so I like that a lot. Uh, let's see. Um, White Lotus reboot. I'm blanking. I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Well, Great British Baking Show, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we're behind on that, but I do love that show. We watch it all the time. Um, we're about to finish up Reservation Dogs, which I'm going to miss a lot when we're done with it. Um, the new season anyway. Uh, just finished the the new season of Virgin River, which doesn't sound like something I would like a lot uh, or at all. And I actually love it. It's very uh, Hallmark movie of the week-ish, um, but it's uh, it's very entertaining. It's very soap opera-y, mm. soap opera-y. So I love that. Um, the book I'm reading right now is Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. Um, and I can't even explain what happens in it, but it's a it's just amazing. So I would just tell people to read that because mm -hmm. um, I'm really loving it. I'm almost done. And uh, music wise, uh, I love the new album by Amanda Shires. Uh, I am a big time Taylor Swift fan, so I am all about uh, Midnight's mm -hmm. and the extended version and the extra tracks. Uh, so I'm listening to that constantly. And then uh, Spotify wrapped just dropped today. So I'm finding out exactly how much time I did spend <laughs> listening to Taylor Swift, which was a lot. I love, I, I love making playlists. Uh, one of the totally goofy, nerdy things that I do, which I'm embarrassed to say, but um, I was a disc jockey in college. I worked at the college radio station. And I wrote down all of my playlists wow. that I did for the two years that I was there. And so one of the things I like to do is now and again is recreate a playlist and put it on Spotify so I can listen to it. 
And uh, that's that's been fun. So I, I make those. Those are I've only done a couple because they're very time consuming. Uh huh. Um, are these but, public? Like, is your profile public? Can people follow? This? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but they're but they're but they're fun. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm, I know there's more than I'm watching because I watch TV all the time, but I can't, I'm suddenly blanking on, uh, besides White Lotus and Reboot and Virgin River and Reservation Dogs. And, um, that's a good list. That's a pretty good list. Yeah. That's a good list. Do you plan to do any writing in your retirement? I don't know. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that I won't just because I love it so much, but I really am trying not to plan too much. I want to give myself a generous amount of time to figure out what I want to do next, because, you know, as you know, time is a precious commodity. And when you're in journalism, you know, you're always looking about, you're always looking at the next thing. What's the next thing? I got to do the next thing. I got to do the next thing. And you get very short. I'm very short-term focused. Uh, and I have been for a long time because you're always feeding the next deadline. So to kind of step back and just look around and look at the horizon and look at the big picture is a real luxury. So I want to do that first. And then I'll see if there's if there's more writing that I want to do, I do love to write, uh, but I have no, no concrete plans at all. Um, the big writing I'll be doing is a to-do list probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a lot of things that I, that I want to do just that are not writing that are just life things. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to just doing some of the great things there are to do around San Diego that I have written about, but have never really gotten to just experience as a person without a notepad. So I'm looking forward to doing that and just kind of enjoying this great city that I've been covering for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, I would encourage you to write a memoir, you know, not to give you more work, but just all these incredible behind the scenes stories you've been sharing. I think a lot of people would be interested to to read that. Um, what are your what are your other plans? Uh, you know, I'm sure that I will do some volunteering uh, for, for a long time. I was writing the making a difference column, which my editor at the time and I used to call making you feel bad about yourself because these people are so amazing. And so I, I, even as I was talking to all these people, I'd be thinking, okay, someday I want to be one of these people. So I do want to do some volunteer work. I haven't decided where yet, uh, but I definitely want to do that. And I definitely want to just uh, get into shape body-wise because these many years of typing and taking notes, I think have left me a little bit knotted up. So I'm looking forward to uh, really stretching and getting out. Um, and that's, that's really, I know there's more to be done and I am looking forward to figuring out exactly what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you'll have a lot of time to do that, which is very exciting. Um, Carla, thank you so much for sharing these stories with me. You've had such an amazing career. Um, and I'm I'm really sad to see you go, but I'm very happy for you. I guess my final question for you is, what advice would you give, or you know, what are, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over the years? Um, 
let's see. I think I think there have been a couple lessons. I think one one of the important lessons is to grab an opportunity, even if it is not initially what you want or what you're dreaming of. Uh, when I was hired here, it was an, as an edit, as an editorial assistant. And um, I had been editing medical books for a couple of years where I had a lot of responsibility, but I wasn't being paid very well. So I was more than happy to take the job here, even though it was uh, Xeroxing and, you know, running copy to the back shop and doing a lot of uh, very much assistant type work. And uh, it wasn't my dream, but I knew that if I could just get in here is what I kept telling myself just get in mm-hmm. and then you can make something out of it so I would say uh, a foot in the door is it's more than just a foot you know it's you can get your whole body in there so uh, once they open the door or you know once you get a crack in the door just you know you got to get yourself in and even if it's not what you want initially uh if if it's a step towards what you want. I think it's important to take that. Um, I read a book a long time ago that was kind of a self-help book called Feel the Fear, But Do It Anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big uh, kind of mantra for me because I am not by nature the kind of person who uh, interviews celebrities and uh, goes ziplining and, you know, goes crawling around in Jeremy playgrounds. I mean, that's really, not, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I never thought of myself as being a particularly um, brave or um, nervy person. Um, and I have done a lot of things where I had to kind of push myself to do it, things that I felt nervous about, but I did it anyway. And I think it is important to uh, get out of your comfort zone, which I hate doing, uh, but I've had to do it all the time. And it's it's paid off more than I ever could have imagined. So I would say, you know, feel the fear, but do it anyway, has been a good slogan for me. Wow. So I, yeah, I think those are two, those are two really important things I would share for people is, uh, Take that first step if it's leading towards somewhere you want, even if it's kind of lower on the on the ladder than you want to be and uh, feel the fear, but do it anyway. I love it. What amazing advice. Also, what an amazing story. I mean, you start out making photocopies. Next thing you know, Michelle Pfeiffer is touching your belly. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I was just thinking when you mentioned memoir, I could call it Michelle Pfeiffer touched my stomach. But I don't know <laughs> Well, please, please, please write that, Carla. I would love to read it. I know a lot of other people would too, but um, Carla, congratulations. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your amazing coverage of San Diego all these years. And I hope that you have an amazing retirement. Oh, Christy, thank you so much. It was real fun to to do this. It feels weird to be talking about myself, uh, but I appreciate you asking. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Carla. Thanks a lot. 